0: Welcome to The Tradar, a traitor's podcast. My name's Matthew, I'm a writer working in TV development, and I am a 100% faithful fan of the multi-award winning hit TV competition series, The Traitors. I am also doing this as a hobby. Please don't send me aggressive emails about your opinion of me. This podcast features deep dives into every episode of the show, as well as interviews with contestants from the show's, and this is season seven of the podcast dedicated to series two of The Traitors UK. On every edition of The Traitor, I'll be joined by a special co-host. He'll help me break down an episode of the TV program, hopefully have some laughs, and maybe even betray me. First up is the TT News segment, which I'm being a bit cheeky with today. Usually, TT stands for The Traders News, but for today, it's going to be The Tradar News, with various updates about the podcast itself. First is a massive thank you to several brilliant listeners who've donated to the podcast Coffee Page. After I mentioned it on episode three, I've had incredibly kind donations from Megan, Lisa, Daisy, Evie, John, and an anonymous supporter who is perhaps a celebrity, allegedly. I have absolutely no proof of that. Thanks so much to all of those people. I really appreciate it. And thank you to all the listeners, new and old faithful, for the downloads and views and lovely reviews on all of the various podcast
1: platforms.
0: Following on from that, the podcast's one-year anniversary is in just a few days, and download numbers are booming. That's a very relative term, because I have no idea what booming counts as in the world of podcasts. I'm sure in relation to something like Uncloaked, I'm an utter drop in the ocean but I'm really proud of how well the podcast is doing and the first episode of this new season is already my most downloaded ever by quite some margin closely followed by the episode 3 recap so thank you again. In the last episode I mentioned the BBC's online traitor prediction game and since then I've set up a mini competition for listeners of The Trader. You can find the link to join our little mini tournament on the pinned tweet or post on the podcast Twitter or X page, and that's at the Trader Pod. The link is also in the BBC highlights reel on the podcast Instagram page, one of the first things you see, and that is at the Trader Podcast. As of the recording of this episode, we have 18 people in the mini competition. And there's a three-way tie at the top. That's Henry Laughlin, Rachel Mackay. Hi, Rachel. And uh, then it's me, followed by a three-way t- I promise I haven't fixed it. Followed by a three-way tie for second between Cinnamon Buns, great name, LB13, whoever that is, hello, and friend to the pod, Maria Ames. And third place is another trade, our host, it's David Bloomberg. You see if you join in the mini competition as well as points you also get a shout out on the podcast (laughs) lastly a bit of a correction i feel like a broadsheet newspaper now as has been pointed out to me on x zach on the show has been misquoted a couple of times by other players and i then followed along with that so i want to address that one example was zach's comment in episode one after the mission Some other players thought he said to someone that he was going to be sleeping easy that night and the rumour then spread around various contestants. In actual fact, Zach didn't say that. What Zach said, on camera and on mic, was it's going to be a nice sleep if you can sleep without the fear. Simply referring to players finding shields in the mission in general. Another example came in the kitchen in episode 2 or 3. He was with Charlotte and he used the phrase the final supper. Uh, But then she told others that he'd said something about it being your final supper. So he didn't actually say this. However, you could argue that he directed the phrase the final supper towards her as she passed him by. So uh, at least that one might be misinterpreted. Overall, they're important points to know, and maybe Zach isn't being as careless as I'd suggested. Hope that clears things up. On to my co-host for today then. My co-host is Alan Brandt. Alan is an award-winning scare actor, an avid yoga enthusiast, part-time bouncer, and long tie weightlifting fanatic. In other words, don't mess with Alan. He's also a traitors super fan and has co hosted on the podcast with me twice before. Welcome back, Alan. Alan, how are you doing? I'm great, Matthew. How are you? I'm doing very well.
1: I, you have been on twice before. I didn't make that up, did I? You, you. that's correct. I've been twice, every almost every fourth episode. Yes, I
0: was thinking that it's episode four, we decided would be a good one for you to come back and do again. Why not? Yes. So uh generally, what are your thoughts on the series so far? Are you enjoying it? How do you think it's going?
1: I love it. You can definitely tell the BBC put a lot more money in. I am definitely loving Claudia more. Um she just seems a lot more in what engaged she almost feels like um she feels like a like a elementary school teacher and <laughs> she's cheering on everyone and but still kind of very mad at them if they're not t- if they're taking too long or if, and and you know when they banished um uh, someone the first one it, it sounded like you know what my kindergarten teacher said to us, and I never will forget it, where it was, you know, I'm not angry with you, I'm just very disappointed. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, I'm loving this cast. They are so fun. Yeah, good uh, job with casting. Absolutely. And any
0: who who are your who are your sort of standout uh, members of the cast for for either good or bad reasons? Who's really sticking out to you?
1: Um. Let's see here. Um, I am sad that Aubrey and Sonia are gone. I really did like them a lot. Um, let's see. I am loving Diane, of course. <laughs> uh, um, and Diane, I don't know if you're listening to the podcast, but the queer community, definitely the gays love you. Make that coin and make appearances. Okay. Do it. <laughs> and then uh yes and then um yeah so she, she's definitely a standout for me I love yes. her so but I don't know if she's gonna be long in the, in the game but who knows she could surprise me she could be like Kate in the US season one she
0: could and actually I I've somewhere in my notes probably I, I think I make a comparison between the two uh but I, I think you're right even if Diane doesn't last much longer I I swear she's going to be one of the standouts of this season uh social media it seems to have cho she is the chosen one for this season in terms of memes and gifts mm-hmm. uh people are all over it yes and actually alan you're the person uh, the perfect person to ask us traitors actually begins tomorrow uh, how do you feel about it i i assume you're going to be watching that too is that the case uh,
1: oh yes I definitely will be watching um I'm honestly a little disappointed Pointed that it's all celebrities uh, um, and you know since it's an audio podcast you know doing air quotes for celebrities <laughs> so but I do know most of the celebrities who are prefer- going to be in it um, I am definitely cheering on Peppermint from RuPaul's Drag Race because you know I want her to go to the end and I just want more queens to be on there for next future seasons and Studio Lambert. Hopefully they'll add non-celebrities because I want to try out. So yeah. But
0: yeah, I'm definitely going to watch. Of course, the trade art will be covering US traders. So if you're listening and you can access US traders, I'll be talking loads about it over the next few weeks. Uh, and you can hear all of my thoughts about the celebrity cast. But hey, that is a whole other podcast. So... Yes. Alan, before we dive into episode 4 of The Tracers UK, I'm going to introduce our game that you're very familiar with, but maybe not all listeners are, and that is The Trader Traitor. Our goal from here on in is to tell a lie to one another. The lie has to be a fabrication or a made-up fact, big or small, about the traitors, about ourselves, or anything else. For example, Alan could lie to me and tell me that in the dungeon in this episode, Claudia was actually wearing one of Jodie Foster's jackets from The Silence of the Lambs. However, our lies can't be fake opinions, like saying we really liked Claudia's jacket, but that we preferred her round table ensemble, when in fact we didn't really feel that way. At the end of the episode, we each have to put our traitor hunting skills to the test and decide what we thought the other person's lie was. Alan, I I want to say third time's a charm, but I I have no memory. I don't know how well we did in the past. I can't remember. I don't keep score on this thing. I really should. Uh, But are you ready to betray me? Of course. (laughs) Me too. So, yeah in that case our game begins now. Before we, I know I said this already, before we get into the episode and I'm saying it again, I, I'm also introducing another new segment before we dive into episode four. I'm going to give a quick recap of what happened in episode one of Uncloaked, the BBC's official traitors podcast. However, Because I don't really want to be promoting another podcast, and because I'm dying to talk to Alan about the next episode of The Traitors, no pun intended, I am limiting myself to 90 seconds. This section is called Uncloaked Unwrapped. I did think about calling it Uncloaked Unbothered, but I thought that maybe that was a bit too shady. So my 90 seconds begin now. Tom Elderfield and Stacey Dooley were the guests on this episode. Tom, of course, was a contestant in Series 1. Stacey said that she wants Brian to go so that we see the fallout between Ash and Harry and Paul. And I agree with this, and I think most people feel this way on social media. Ed Gamble, the host, literally steals Chris, my co-host from episode two's joke about Diane being Liam Neeson and Taken. Uh, Tom says that having a partner in the game like Diane and Ross actually is not that great and adds more anxiety. And you don't really have any time alone to confer anyway. The reveal then, so there's sort of a double reveal. The murder victim from the episode finds out who got banished next and gets to guess whether or not they're a traitor or a faithful And then both of them together find out who the actual traitors are. In this case, it's Aubrey and Sonia. So, a few things I noticed here. A. Aubrey is appearing far more pleasant and personable, I think, than he did in the show, even though I liked him anyway. B. Why isn't he so confident about telling us who he thinks the traitors are? They find out. They find out that Ash is a traitor. Sonia says that she guessed it. They find out Harry's a traitor. Both of them are completely shocked. They find out Miles is a traitor. Sonia's shocked. Aubrey says he's not as shocked. They find out Paul's a traitor. Sonia kind of guessed this. Aubrey admits that actually he was wrong in all counts. (laughs) Ha ha ha. He was convinced that Diane was a traitor. Back on the kitchen with Ed, uh, they openly slate the breakfast and say it's cold and stale. Lol. Uh, Kyra still has no regrets about her time in the show. Mm, okay, then. Why don't we see her reaction to the reveal? And she says that she is totally shocked by Paul and Miles. Done. I actually timed myself and I reckon that was 90 seconds. Alan, just yeah. to chip in. Any, did you watch Uncloaked? Any thoughts? I did watch Uncloaked. Um,
1: it was i was so bored (laughs) Um, i was so bored i'm sorry um the only thing engaging was you know ed gamble's you know poppy long sleeve shirt that's it (laughs) um uh, um, tom was fantastic i enjoyed listening to tom um yeah i was surprised it didn't reveal to cover the you know who was who were the traders i was like i was expecting to see that kind of like what they would do on traders canada on instagram and other social media uh, but all right that's fine uh, but yeah i don't know if i'm gonna keep watching uncloaked but maybe i will maybe i won't who knows seeing see, if something kind of pops up on social media it's like you they appeared on, on uncloaked i'll go check it out so, yeah
0: is yeah. are you saying that there's this far superior podcast about the traitors out there that you'd rather listen to
1: of maybe <laughs> i
0: don't know i, I mean I, i'm not putting words in your mouth i'm just i'm just picking up on a heavy no. implication that's all yes <laughs> in that case i think we are ready finally to talk about episode four of the traitors uk series two <laughs> We start off with a recap then of the previous episode. There have been two murders and a banishment so far. I realise I'm not on a timer anymore, so I'm still in like talk really fast mode. I can slow down. Uh, There have been two murders and a banishment so far. And we ended the episode, episode three, with this really intense tie break. Brian and Ash have five votes. Diane has three. And Anthony has the deciding vote. And that's where things ended. Uh, Claudia had told us earlier in the episode that if no consensus was reached, like if Anthony votes for Diane too, then the banishment will be decided by chance, although we don't really know what that means. So, intense cliffhanger, that means we start episode four at the round table, and after an excruciating wait, actually, first of all, Alan, I mean, you could completely lie here, what what was
1: your prediction? Who did you think was going to be banished? Uh I actually thought it was going to be Ash. I definitely thought it was going to be um th- that that that's that kind of the vibe I was going with. But after I watched it and then listening to you and David talk, I'm like, "Oh yeah, she seems slightly defeated. Maybe, I don't maybe, maybe she wasn't voted out."
0: Yeah, so as it turns out, uh, we find out, yes, Anthony goes ahead and votes for Brian, which gives Brian six votes. Uh, I sort of felt like there was an incredible awkwardness on Paul's face at this moment, because he obviously realises, oh, shit, Ash is still here. I just voted (laughs) for her. This is really uncomfortable. Uh, And we get a little clip of Harry as well, saying he's going to have to gain Ash's trust again. Uh, because he also voted for her. And Miles says that, you know, Ash, he can see that she looks really upset at the table. I mean, that's kind of obvious. So, uh, poor Brian. He's voted out. Off he goes. He tells us he's a faithful. Goodbye. Uh, Uh-oh. Which is, yeah, I, I David and I spoke about this on episode three. I thought Brian was probably going to go purely based on what you just mentioned, Alan. I, I felt like I felt like there was a bit of weird editing I think the, and I, I saw someone else say this on social media the episode included a cut of Ash in her interview speak, I, I just got the sense from the way she was talking that she said something about wow it's only the second round table and it's already so hard and I got the impression she was saying this after that round table was done and therefore was still in the game so I I don't... That's kind of what I picked up on. After the round table, then, we've got a bit of a debrief in the house. Everybody leaves the banishment room. Uh, Harry hugs Ash (laughs) in this incredibly uncomfortable, awkward hug. And I think she says to him, we'll talk later. And I even think it was subtitled on the episode because she must say it quite quietly or something. A lot of people picked up on this on social media. I don't know if you saw this, Alan. People a lot of people say, saying oh she shouldn't have said this because she's implying they're going to go and talk in traitor's tower and if someone overheard that that's really bad news i i don't i don't really think that i think she could legitimately say we'll talk later just meaning you know in half an hour like later tonight we'll have a chat before we go to bed so i don't i
1: don't know what did you think anything of that I was thinking. Well, I was hoping that no one heard it, but if someone did, they probably the faithful were probably be thinking, "Okay, we're going to talk like thirty minutes later." You know, just kind of debrief after being around the table. Well, That's my thought. Yeah, I thought so too. Mm-hmm. Johnny uh, and Paul are having a little chat, and
0: Johnny says to Paul, "Oh, it's back to the drawing board now." Meaning, oh, we got it wrong. Brian wasn't really a traitor. We're going to have to rethink everything. And Paul replies by saying, no, I think we were close then. Ba- basically implying to me that Paul is Paul is still on the Ash train. Like, Paul is like, no, no, we almost voted out Ash. Let's keep that in mind. So I kind of already figured, hmm, Paul? Paul's not, you know, he's not going to swerve away from Ash anytime soon. Uh, we see a little moment where Charlie takes Ash aside for a bit of a breather, which I think Charlie seems like a really nice person. Like She takes her aside and gives her a hug and tries to give her a bit of a pet yeah. talk. Um, Ash says, I don't want to get emotional, but they were right. And for a moment, I thought I thought she was confessing oh. something. Me too! Me too! I'm like, wait, Ash! Stop!
1: Stop!
0: stop, yeah. stop. I don't know. Yeah, for a horrible moment, I thought, is she yeah. about to tell Charlie that she's a traitor? But she doesn't. Yeah. She she just goes on and says that she what she means is, oh, I understand why everybody thinks I'm going around all the different groups and talking to everyone. But but it's not really what I've been doing. So it's just she just picks a really bad way of expressing it. I think we catch a little uh, a bit of Ash's interview again. Her her MIV her main interview. And she talks about how she's basically been completely blindsided by two of her fellow traitors. Paul yeah. tells Johnny that he thinks he will be killed tonight. Um, I, I, I guess his thinking is that Paul Paul is after you know after this vote that they had as part of one of the games where everybody voted him most popular. I guess it's a running theme throughout the episode now. Paul will not let go of it. Paul, <laughs> Paul just keeps talking about the fact that he's so popular and everyone loves him. So now he thinks he's going to be... Well, he obviously doesn't think he's going to be killed tonight, but he's convincing Johnny that he thinks he'll be killed tonight because of it. I mean, generally, what, Alan, what are your you, you thoughts about Paul?
1: I bet he is super popular at his repertory theatre when he performs there. Um, <laughs> but, but it's so pantomime, dramatic when I'm watching. I'm like, dude, dude, you know, take it back a bit, you know. But it just felt a little um, telenovela dramatic in my opinion. I'm like, Paul, calm down. They
0: have a bit of a talk about Ash. I think this is, uh, Paul and Johnny are still talking. And they think that her crying and being upset after Banishment Room could be a sign of guilt. Well, that's what Paul's trying to plant anyway. Uh, Johnny says that he just doesn't know what to think. Harry feels bad for Ash. He says again, but he still thinks that she's the weakest traitor. So the fact that Harry is saying this to me implies, like he he's he's still going to go for her at some point. Like he's not again. He's not swerving away from her, just like Paul. Diane comes into the kitchen, and in my opinion continues to play the game terribly because she announces to a bunch of people I I, should I do this like northern Irish accent and offend lots of people I'll give it a go if I go tonight (laughs) which I will these are your traitors okay Ash Meg Anthony that that was I'm working on it 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 always amazes me how confident people's claims are in the game about their theories. Like, like she's stating it like it's fact. And Mm -hmm. even if you really feel... I don't know, I just don't have that level of self-confidence. I feel like if I was playing this game, every time I threw a theory out there, I would be like... Guys, I, I mean, this is just what I think. You don't have to listen to me. I
1: don't know what I'm talking about. But people in this game get so confident. I—I <laughs> I, I love, love their misplaced confidence. I love it. Uh, Diane, uh, you could tell that she was—she's been a teacher for God knows how long. Um, she's like, it's this and this and this. Yeah. And you—and it's fact. Period. Like, okay, Miss Diane. Sorry. Miss Diane, I should call her that from now on. Miss
0: Diane. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Side note, by the way, did you know, have you come across this online that uh, Diane, as well as being Ross's mum, has she has another son who is an actor? No,
1: I did Uh, not know that. Yes,
0: and has been in Game of Thrones. Oh, so okay. I, I should have done my research oh. and caught his name. But uh, yes, apparently they are like a TV family or something. So they have a she, Ross as a brother who's been in Game of Thrones. I mean, I don't think he's like a famous name or anything, but uh, the the Twitter people have done their research and found this
1: out. Yeah, I think it's better just to be a character actor than a main actor. But, you know, that's just my <laughs> acting <laughs> opinion. So. And what I like to do. Uh, mm-hmm. Speaking of Ross,
0: he actually here has a sort of secret kitchen moment with his mum. Him and Diane finally get a little bit of time alone. Uh, he tells her that he also thinks Ash is a traitor, just like she does, but that Meg and Anthony are completely wrong. Uh, it's funny because earlier I mentioned briefly that Tom from Series 1 had been on the Uncloaked podcast and he said actually being with uh, you know having a connection with somebody in the house like he had his girlfriend in sees one is not that great because you don't it's so rare to get one-on-one time with somebody else that you don't really have time to confer and share your secrets so ross and diane getting this little moment in the kitchen uh is probably quite rare and i actually want more of these moments i just want to see the two of them just every now and then get together and have a quick little whisper um behind everybody's backs it's just a it's like a game within a game it's like they're playing their own yeah. secret traitors game that they are they are holding the secret that no one else is mm-hmm. even aware anyone is trying to keep I, I really enjoy watching it
1: yeah I find these moments between Ross and Diane very cute um I hope they show more because yeah it kind of makes it endearing
0: yeah I I agree uh I mm-hmm. I, I I just want to see... I, I, I Also, part of me wants to see one of them like slip up and make a mistake. As, as the yeah. sick part of me wants him to just call her mum at some point. Uh, so, we move into traitor's Tower finally. And we know there's going to be a bit of a confrontation. So, Ash is ready to confront Paul and Harry. Because, of course, they voted for her at the round table. It's incredibly awkward. She tells them straight away she is pissed off. And also there's this shot of them. Ash is tiny compared to these guys. <laughs> like oh there are three of them looming over her. It looks like a scene from Lord of the Rings with like that sort of forced perspective. She's Elijah Wood. The traitors are all Ian McKellen as Gandalf. That's all I can see. I mean the the, the fact that they're in like a turret doesn't like <laughs> doesn't help any either. Paul Tries to explain why he voted for Ash. He says that the focus was moving towards quiet people. I mean, I says who, I don't know, but he he's like, well, I had to kind of vote for someone quiet because that's what everybody was talking about. He says that uh Brian and Diane weren't quiet, so he felt like Ash fit this quiet category. So he he had to change his vote to her and the tiebreak vote. Then he gives uh another reason he says that she contradicted herself and other people have mentioned this too i i think i think what they're referring to is she on one hand she said she wanted to talk to everybody she wanted to get to know everyone and that's why she'd been going around all the different friendship groups but i think she also then denied that she's been doing that and said no i, I haven't at all i don't know what you're talking about um so paul is saying well it would have looked bad if i didn't pick up on your contradiction so I had to vote for you to make it look like I'm a really good faithful and that I was listening. Uh, Harry kind of seconds that he that he says he thought Ash was definitely going and so he just had to go along with the majority. And then he says, "I'm so glad you're still here." <laughs> Alan, uh-huh. you're an actor. You, I'm I'm sure you probably
1: agree that it wasn't that convincing. No, not at all. <laughs> I know he was trying to pull the heartstrings like, you know, I'm this sweet 22 year old, you know, I'm I'm like Aaron from season one without the trousers. You know, I'm just, you know, I I'm really innocent. I'm sorry. And I think Ash is going like, I don't believe it, but I'll just go with it.
0: Yeah, Yeah, that's exactly what I have written in my notes, that Ash is not buying this but it's just quietly nodding along because I mean, I get at some point she can't argue all night. So I guess at some point you just have to smile and uh, agree to move the conversation along. Um, There's another little clip of Harry talking in his interview and he says, I can tell Ash is pissed off, but at the same time, it's a game. And I I mean, I get, I think it's good, actually. I I do think he's playing, even though I just criticised his acting, I do think he's playing well because he has not, He's not getting caught up in the emotions of the game. He he is he's very aware that they are here to win money. And yes, some things feel uncomfortable, and you're gonna have to lie. But too bad. And I I think well yeah he's he's right he's he's got it. That's what you have to do. Uh, Ash says in her interview that she thought they were a team. Obviously, we realize they're really not a team at all. Claudia arrives then, and she tells the traitors that there will be no murder tonight. Instead, four people will be condemned to the dungeon. It's cold, it's wet, it's unpleasant, she tells them. Zach and Jasmine are immune because they won shields in the last mission. So their shields are effectively sort of being carried over to the next murder. And Claudia also tells the traitors that they can put anyone in, including a traitor and this is really significant because it ends up playing out in a an unusual unexpected way which we'll talk more about it's this is kind of like the trial from series one or in australia they called it death row uh i think this is better in my opinion i i like this better because it is an actual place like there's an actual part of the set they're going to go to this fake dungeon like it's a physical place that we can see i always felt like before when players were put on trial or put on death row it sort of didn't really mean much like it we didn't actually visually see anything happen other than that three people's names are read out um so i quite like this whole fake dungeony thing it's a bit silly but uh yeah what, what what do you think about the dungeon
1: oh I love, love it I absolutely I, it and the set out of the dungeon it's gorgeous I love it um but yeah I I, I like that um if they <laughs> it just dawned on me you know for the people who were um put on like death row or whatever it was called last year on UK I'm just imagining the John the one with the bald one you know when he was just it was like mm-hmm. and when he was put on death row like, mm, predictable mm-hmm. and then I could just see him going to the yeah. um, dungeon the entire time just folding his arms like mm-hmm. <laughs> upset the entire time <laughs> I would have loved to see that but anyway I had completely forgotten about John
0: uh, but uh, I from that impression I completely understand I remember who he is I know exactly what you're talking about yeah he would have hated this uh, truly and but you're right it's a really mm-hmm. cu- it's, I mean it's the, the place they've used is clearly on location. You know, it's not like, it's not filmed in a studio. They've found some place. I mean, I don't think it is underneath this castle, but it's obviously somewhere nearby that they've found some cool place to take them to. So it, it creates a bit of sort of authenticity. I like it. Claudia also tells them, by the way, that at the mission tomorrow, the players will be able to save one of the four condemned people, which is really important. Paul, here he goes again, he recognises that being voted most popular was bad for him, which is correct, and that being condemned then would would follow along with that narrative, because the traitors are supposedly trying to get rid of popular people. So he's like, well, it'll only look sensible if I'm chosen by the traitors. So that's smart, that makes sense. They also, though, decide that Ash might be a good idea as well as Paul. Um, Miles, yeah. Miles, I don't really understand the reasoning. Miles says something about her having to prove herself. I don't get it. I, I mean, what what were your thoughts on this decision to send Ash and Paul to the dungeon?
1: Paul makes sense. I, I would have sent Paul. Uh, Ash, I think... Miles was assuming that she would get her redemption arc. Miles is probably thinking, hey, you know, she all these people voted for her. She now is um, put in the dungeon, and she's down there as going kind to of redeem her. like, she's an actual 100% faithful. Um, but I went, I have to agree with you, and also Harry, going like, I think that's a good idea.
0: yeah. Yeah, Harry does say that he says he's really not sure about this, but he's going to have to go along with it. And he says, well, like I guess the game's all about risks, so sometimes you have to do stuff like this. <laughs> they also discuss who else they might send down. So they have two other places. I mean, I say discuss. They kind of just go straight to their two people. Uh, they talk about Andrew. And Alan, you, it is perfect that you're on this episode because... Andrew, we as soon as they're talking about him, we see a shower shot. We have this, this like B roll, this not B roll, but this like VT of Andrew in his hotel room and he's soaping up in the shower. Please remind the listeners or tell new listeners what is your theory about uh, these shots of contestants who are
1: male being topless. Okay, so actually, it's more of my partner Mark's. Um, theory but i'll take it (laughs) um because i'm on the episode Uh, so basically the thing is once uh, the male is shown like with like in the tank top or shirtless he will immediately get banished or murdered and it actually followed was pretty true throughout most of these Actually, every uh, English-speaking season so far. This season, though, it, it, no, no, it hasn't been that. And then I was jokingly saying to Mark, I'm like, do you think someone actually heard this over at, the, at one of the editors at the BBC? <laughs> and he's like, no. I'm like, you never know. Maybe. And they're just like toying. <laughs>
0: I love that idea. Yeah. Uh yeah, mm-hmm. you you're right. In the past your theory has totally worked out. I, I wonder if this series will buck the trend. Uh but it still just really makes me laugh every time. And like you could play some sort of bingo game with the traitors, like every time, yeah, cross off your square or whatever every time you see like the hunky guy in the shower. Uh we, we actually in this series we've had uh, some some really hilarious uh, hotel room shots that uh, we, we could maybe talk about later on as well but yes, this reminded yeah. me of your theory. So uh, it seems <laughs> like they're going to go for Andrew, they're going to condemn him to the dungeon hopefully with some clothes on uh, and they, they talk about Meg as well. They think Meg already has some suspicion on her so condemning her to the dungeon could make people think she's a traitor who put herself there so it could confirm some of the theories already going around mm ash before they leave ash says i feel like i can trust you guys to take care of us and i just was screaming no at the tv ash no don't trust them um, although I, I i felt like she was maybe aiming it more at miles and she probably can trust miles a bit more but i'm just so worried that ash is being fooled by paul and harry again already and in fact we cut right to paul in his confessional, immediately telling us that he has a strategy within a strategy. Ash thinks they're going to work with her and help the faithful see her as a victim. And that hopefully after the mission, the faithful will choose him to be saved from the dungeon. But actually his real plan is to continue to get Ash banished and make her look like she's the traitor who put herself in the dungeon. He's giggling and grinning in his interview I can now see why people think he is a psychopath. Other people's words, not mine. I'm just quoting. Uh, and even Harry here actually gives a couple of sort of devious smiles. I mean, there's still not Sam McGlone levels of psychotic. Sam McGlone yeah. is a player from Australia, two, yeah. who caused a huge ruckus online, was one of the most, for me, memorable players of any Tracers franchise. And he loved being a traitor um mm. uh you, you 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 watched australia season two right so
1: yes i, I talked about it um too uh the thing is <laughs> what i found kind of funny i was kind of thinking maybe um uh paul and sam were secretly um chatting with each other on instagram <laughs> and Sam said, "Hey, make sure if you have someone named Ash, make sure they're the first one out." <laughs> um, spoilers. I'm sorry if that happened. I apologize. We haven't seen the show, um, but yeah, that yeah, um, he is. He's, he's Paul's not there where Sam is, but he's getting there. He's definitely getting there. Yeah,
0: and that's I, that's such a funny comparison you made that I that two uh, traitors in different versions are called Ash, and they both come under fire very early on mm-hmm. by another traitor who's really devious and conniving. Uh, and I don't think that's a spoiler. I'll take this moment again. I've, I've mentioned this in the podcast before. Uh, what I, I will not talk about the climax of Series 1 of the Traitors UK because I think a lot of listeners haven't seen that. I cannot help but talk about other series of The Traitors worldwide. I'm sorry. Part of what I'm doing here is analysing the show and theorising about gameplay and using some stats sometimes. So I kind of have to refer to things that happened in other versions. I'm sorry if that spoils some things for you some of the time. Uh, I'm doing it to be helpful. I I just want to bring that up because... uh. Some people have been not that happy. Uh, but you know, if a series of a show aired literally a year and a half ago, me mentioning who wins it on this podcast, I don't think is really mm-hmm. a spoiler. Anyway, uh on we yeah. go to breakfast the next day. <laughs> um Harry is talking and he says, you know, as a traitor in this game, you're living a lie every single day in every single conversation. Uh, and it's just such a great way to sum that up I think to, to really imagine what it feels like to be a traitor you yeah you truly are at every moment second guessing everything you have to say uh, and being really really careful about what you're saying to who and what lies you're telling and trying to act the whole time like you're not a traitor like it at, several ex-contestants have spoken about how stress inducing this whole experience really is i think miles is doing an even better job than i'd realized this is something that i spotted at this point he seems so amiable and gentle people seem to feel quite easy talking to him so i i think i've not given him enough credit Uh, maybe before uh now what
1: what do you think of miles alan He's doing a great job. Um, he's been, he, he, his um, attitude didn't change at all from when we first met him at the beginning of episode one to now. It's basically, he's been exactly the same. You know, once he got that um, envelope from uh, Claudia, uh, he's been playing a really good game as a trainer.
0: Yeah. I wonder if he, not this is not a big point, but I wonder if he's got maybe a little bit of an advantage because the other three traitors were all chosen at the round table in front of everybody so they had you know minutes to get used to and then take off the blindfold and immediately they're a traitor and they have to act straight away and all eyes are on them miles didn't have to go through that so miles like you said he was given an envelope from the traitors you know at night away from everybody else so he had a little bit more... He didn't have to worry about people looking at him straight away. He wasn't taken off a blindfold in a room surrounded by people. So maybe that helped him a little bit, just sort of get used to it, have, have a night in his room to think over and really prep himself, unlike the other traitors. So, so I, mean, I
1: don't know. Maybe that's I that's very short term, but maybe it's working in his favour. And I'm also at this thing, just kind of dawned on me that uh, he... Miles is a, well, we call it here in the U.S., a veterinary technician, Uh, and he's a veterinary nurse. So I'm kind of thinking because my sister is a uh, vet tech um, at the Great Plains in Sioux Falls, so she definitely has to be more empathetic towards um, other people who are bringing in animals. When she was working at a animal hospital, so I'm kind of thinking he's probably bringing that into playing the game as a trader. Um, that empathy and that kind ear, just you know, so that that that's one of my thoughts.
0: Yeah, about that. Yeah, that makes that makes sense actually. Uh, and someone else suggested because he's a vet nurse and Evie is also a vet nurse that that might also help out Miles because there's someone else who does the same job as him he's kind of got like a, a natural ally in a way, perhaps there's at least yeah. someone else who, who immediately feels they have a connection and that might do him well. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see how things go for miles as we go on. There is more chat around the breakfast table about the traitors being who you'd least expect it to be. They, this comes up a lot in, in different versions of the show that uh, the faithful all start to think this, Oh, it's, it's, it's someone that we just would never expect. I personally don't think this is a good strategy in this game. Like, I don't think that's helpful for figuring out who the traitors are. I just think it doesn't mean anything. I think it's totally subjective. I think it assumes that that's the producers' motives for choosing traitors. Like, the, the producers are going, hmm, who would the players least expect? Let's pick those. I don't think the producers really care about that that much. I think the producers care about who is going to be a good liar. Like, I I think they're going to... Or a good actor. I reckon they want a good TV show. Therefore, they want lots of faithfuls to get erroneously banished, and they probably want the traitors to last at least a while. So if I was a producer on the show, I would pick traitors based on who I thought was going to be really good at it. Not necessarily players who weren't the obvious choice, According to everybody else, so I mean that that's that's you know this is just speculation. This is just the way I'm thinking. Uh, so I, when I hear the players having this conversation all the time, oh, the traitor must be someone we don't expect. I sort of think, Meh, Meh.
1: I, I mean I, I don't know. Any any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm right with you right there. I you know the producers, casting directors, they're just they they cast people who are going to be great. TV and also when and all everyone they are even if they're kind of quiet or if they're loud or someone in the middle. Uh, and this whole discussion of it's going to be someone you least expect obviously because I'm on game show um but what kind of made me think if I was playing the game I would take um what um Annabelle has mentioned before is kind of like just kind of you know look at the facts and also kind of look at you know don't look at body language kind of just kind of like kind of listen to what they're saying and that's how i would play the game as a faithful instead of you know who's been really quiet evie yeah yeah, yeah. that's just how yeah
0: i i I completely agree. I think body language can be utterly misinterpreted and yeah, deciding who you think a quiet person is just, just doesn't, there's neither here nor there, I think. Um, I agree. What you do, what you probably have to do is, yeah, listen to the the content of what people are saying. Like, do you actually catch someone lying about something? Do you actually hear somebody mistakenly reveal that they know something they shouldn't know? Or, call themselves a traitor by accident which we have seen in another series someone really actually calling themselves a traitor accidentally and no one else picking (laughs) up on it
1: Uh, So yeah yeah. one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on same goes for healthcare that's why United Healthcare offers flexible budget friendly coverage for medical vision, dental and more learn more at uh1.com
0: Next up in the breakfast room, uh, Diane enters in the most traitor-like manner ever, even though she's not a traitor. She slowly appears around the corner of the door with this devilish look. Like, and this is where I thought, something that you said earlier, I thought she's like the Kate Chastain of this season, and this little (laughs) tiny two-second clip I have seen all over Twitter with all sorts of, like, uh, hilarious captions and things, I I don't know what she's doing. Uh, Claudia arrives soon, and the best jumper ever. Uh, Well, there are still four players missing, and everyone's very confused. So, as we, the viewer already knew, Andrew, Ash, Meg, and Paul have been condemned to the castle dungeon, which Claudia now tells everybody. She says they'll be there all day, and only released for banishment. Then she gives them a little bit of a clue about the mission. She says it's likely you're going to get wet. So everybody is trying to figure out why those four people, why were they chosen? Charlie reckons one of the four must be a traitor. Tracy says, and two of them were on my radar. I so wish she had used the phrase traitor. Her two are Ash and Meg. And I sort of wonder here, maybe the traitor's plan is going to work then. That the, 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 the actual surface plan, not Paul's secret hidden plan. Um, which was to make ash uh, sorry to uh make ash uh make meg look oh people with one monosyllabic names with three letters in them uh to make meg look like she's the traitor. (laughs) (laughs) but what i noticed is interesting here is zach says something zach thinks paul is a traitor because everyone is being fooled by the fact that he's so nice and jazz feels the same way jack jazz also thinks that paul is way too calm and collected while everyone else is on edge and looks really obviously nervous and i know moments ago we just spoke about body language and said that you shouldn't pay attention to that but i actually do i, I mean again it's easy for us to say because we know paul's a traitor but I kind of do agree with zach and jazz based on the edit based on the footage i've seen of Paul, I do think the same. It feels like he's so calm and confident and smiling too much. He's not. You don't think he's playing nervously enough? If that makes sense,
1: it makes perfect sense.
0: Yeah. Next up, uh, Molly has this little moment where she says she doesn't suspect either of the men, as in Andrew or Paul, but like Tracy thinks that ash or meg is a traitor and has put themselves down there so she's kind of half right about the men and about the women next then we cut to the actual dungeon itself which we've already spoken a little bit about claudia arrives to tell them why they're there uh it's funny because i when i'm watching it i forgot that paul and ash have to act like they don't They don't know anything about this. So they have to act like they're hearing this for the first time. And Claudia says, <laughs> which I, I thought was hilarious, she says, I'd like to say make yourself comfortable, but I think that might be impossible. <laughs> I mean, it's very literal, but <laughs> just Claudia's delivery yeah. just cracks me up. So I cackled for a while at that. Meg says this thing. She says, doesn't that just solidify that we're faithful now? one of us is going to be killed and I think well <laughs> not really Meg. Uh, no. Andrew reveals that he also thinks that Meg and Ash are traitors so it, so it seems like that is the common theory going around most of the players. Ash <laughs> is then very obviously trying to put the blame on Meg because she says well she's like look at look at us four three of us are big characters and Meg you're the odd one out. <laughs> I think she's trying to heavily imply like, to Andrew, hey, look at Meg, She's she doesn't yeah. fit here, isn't it uh, funny? Um, I I don't I, I don't know if it's going to work, Andrew's already told us that he thinks, well, he thinks that Meg and Ash are traitors. Um, this is the point in the episode where, Paul, oh, up until now, Paul, yes, he's sort of devious and scheming and conniving, but. So far, I've been quite forgiving of that. And I've been like, well, it's a game. Of course, he's allowed to be. It's, it's fine. He's just doing what he's supposed to do as a traitor. But this is the point where he actually starts to give me sort of creepy vibes. Um, Purely because we cut to his interview and he's still talking about his popularity. And he says, I think I'm going to be saved in the mission. It's, it's just so big headed of him. Again, I don't mind people playing the game and enjoying the fact that they're lying and betraying everyone. But arrogance is pretty unattractive, and he's now bordering on just being too cocky. So yeah, we cut back to the house. We see some discussions amongst the players. The general chat is that one of the four people in the dungeon is probably a traitor, and most of them think it's Ash. But Zach is, is telling some of the others again how he's really suspicious of Paul. I think Zach's actually very clever, but needs to be really careful about who he's talking to. And I guess I've said this on previous episodes about Zach, that he just has to be mindful about what he says and who he says it to, because he's saying this in front of Miles and Harry. Now, of course, Zach's not to know that they're tracers, but if this gets back to Paul, it's bad news for Zach. Charlotte says that she just doesn't suspect Paul at all, she says that Meg's her number one and Miles is realising that this plan of throwing everyone off the scent of ash has kind of already failed. Uh, We get another one of these lovely moments between Ross and Diane. So (laughs) this, this golden TV moment, I love it. Ross tells diane that she's been saying some really silly stuff and that she needs to rein it in and i'm kind of like yes ross you're you're right tell tell, tell diane she does need to rein it in yes. uh and then there's a, a really interesting moment that uh, ross and his interview says you know me and my mom haven't actually explicitly told each other that we're faithful we're kind of just assuming that the other one is um and i Again, it's yeah. Just I, it didn't really occur to me, but one of them could well be a traitor and is just keeping it a secret from the other, and Mm -hmm. they're not, but they could be, and it would be really fun to see either Ross or Diane become a bit suspicious of the other one. I don't think they will, but I I would love it uh, if they turned on each other. Yeah, Um, Ross is convinced that Johnny is a traitor. He says that Johnny is very personable and friendly except when it comes to the round table. So he sees a real shift in the way he behaves. He also suggests that he, again, he's, still, he's just talking to Diane and no one else is there. He suggests that he deliberately got rid of Sonia, even though he knew she was probably faithful. And he then, I, I watched this like three times over and I still can't completely follow it. He says that he was thinking long-term and that he thinks Sonia would have eventually outed us. That's the phrase he uses. I, as if he's implying Sonia would have figured out that we are mother and son. I, I don't know how he came to that conclusion. I don't know how on earth Sonia would have figured this out. I I, I don't know if you can shed any light on this moment, um, Alan. Like, What did you think was going on here?
1: I could actually see Sonia figure it out because... She was, even though she kind of played this, you know, um kind of like this, I don't I'm not dowdy, but this kind of cartoonish kind of grandma character, you know, knitting with her blindfold on. <laughs> um, but being a bit like Ms. Marple kind of going like figuring out that these two would be are related. Um and since she was kind of since Sonia was kind of figuring out Ash, I think Ross is like, okay, I need to put a stop to this. So putting those seats out there and saying, you know, getting her out so him and his mom are safe. Yeah. I
0: yeah. guess that makes sense that if he's just generally worried about being found out, he he might just think, well. If someone is going to find us out, who would that person be? Oh, I think it would be Sonia of everybody. So maybe that's, yeah, maybe that's what he means. Like, get rid of the one person I think might be the person to figure out because we don't want that. Uh, but the the best moment of this is Diane being completely shook by this revelation. Like she she's looking at her son going, "That's so so sneaky. You weren't brought up to be sneaky," and I uh, just loved it and it really made me laugh.
1: Oh, I was I was laughing pretty hard when she said that. I'm like, that was so adorable. That's, <laughs> yeah, definitely <yeah>, like <familiar> a mom. <laughs> <laughs> On to the mission, then
0: they are in wetsuits. Clearly, this is going to be a task that's got something to do with being in water. In the cars, we see a few little moments. Uh Diane is still convinced about Ash being a traitor. Zach says he's going to speak about Paul at the round table. And again, I'm sort of screaming, no, Zach, don't do it. You're going to, to make yourself uh, a target here. You're going to get in trouble. It's too early. I'm thinking that what the faithful ought to do after the mission is... This is just my wild theory, right? I, I started... I was I was overthinking it. I think that the the faithful after the mission, when they get the chance to save someone from the dungeon, I thought what they should do is not really someone that they think is a traitor so probably andrew's the one with the least suspicion on him if all right let me hope this makes sense if they can keep someone in the dungeon that they think is a traitor like ash or meg then they can kind of put them to the test so for example if they think meg is a traitor keep her in the dungeon let her survive the next banishment maybe And then if she shows up at breakfast the next day, it kind of gives it stronger evidence. Oh yeah, we were right, she is a traitor, because why is she still here? Does this make any sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. It does. So, uh, the mission then (laughs) ensues. Uh, There's basically a big pile of dirt filled with shitloads of gold nuggets. Each one is worth £25. Uh, which I guess in dollars is these days not that much difference. So like um like thirty dollars. Uh, it's uh, a team task. I at first get confused about this. I thought oh I thought they'd gotten rid of these team tasks. What's the point? But actually there does end up then being a point. They have fifteen minutes to get their gold nuggets across this watery bridge, put them in some weighing scales, uh, and then they have to choose teams. And it's, uh, so there's one per- one person's like the head of each team and they just sort of alternate back and forth. I was quite confused about the choices. I sort of thought, wouldn't you pick the most athletic person? But Anthony, who I reckon probably looks like he's quite athletic, is left until second last. Like Tracy is chosen ahead of him. <laughs> just fine. No shade on Tracy, right? Maybe Tracy's like incredibly
1: fit and healthy. I don't know. I'm being superficial to an extent. It was giving me bad flashbacks of being MP and getting picked last every time. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, quite traumatic.
0: Yeah. I know anytime people are like, you're going to pick your teams, it just makes me shrivel a bit inside. Uh, and right. John, Johnny's the last picked, which mm. is a bit shady because he has a prosthetic leg. And if Survivor UK taught me anything that a prosthetic leg is no impediment to doing really well in demanding physical tasks. There was a player called uh, his, his actual name was Peg Leg, like they just called him Peg throughout all of Survivor UK uh, and he was amazing in the challenges, like he did so well. Yeah. So now comes the point where Claudia reveals the purpose of being in teams the team that, that puts the most gold into the scales will be the team to choose a condemned player to save effectively saving them from being murdered. Uh, I quite like the missions now for one simple reason. It's the moment in the episode where I can sit back and I don't really have to take notes for a while. (laughs) So I give my fingers a rest. There's not usually as much to say here. Uh, Johnny does amazingly. Uh, He just launches himself across these platforms. Uh, The mission is quite fun. I I actually quite enjoy watching it and sort of imagining whether or not I'd be good at it myself. My best moment is, uh, I think it's Charlie. We just hear this voice off screen and Miles is crossing the bridge and we hear Charlie's voice shout, you got this, Miles? <laughs> Followed by, no, you haven't. Seconds later, as he like falls into the water, he really made me laugh. Uh, Miles is determined to win of course because he and harry want to manipulate the save vote and he and harry are in the same team he has this slight argument with anthony uh about gold nuggets and about their strategy and when to just go across the bridge and when to wait during which by the way miles is just sitting on the ground doing absolutely nothing (laughs) it's really strange in the end the red team which is not miles and harry's team Wins by a mile. Uh, so the red team add five thousand three hundred pounds to the pot. The blue team add three thousand seven two hundred seventy five, which makes a total of eight thousand five hundred and seventy five pounds. The red team then have a quick discussion about who they want to save, and it's quite misleading because it seems like they're going to go for Paul, but then they they change direction at the last minute and actually they all decide to save Andrew. Which is going to annoy Paul, obviously. <laughs> not what he was expecting. Yep. This is a well. First of all, what what do you? Any thoughts on the mission? Did you enjoy it?
1: What do you think? If I knew how to swim, um, I probably would enjoy it, um, but I don't. <laughs> but it was okay. Challenge. Yeah, I kind of did it. I I paid it. I didn't pay. I paid attention, but not severely like i normally would be and it was it's kind of cool um yeah it is an okay challenge I, I wasn't blown away it wasn't like the the bird thing at least thank goodness um that was an interesting challenge in episode two <laughs> um yeah uh
0: yeah the the bird challenge uh <laughs> i don't i just don't know how i feel about it on one hand i was like this is the weirdest i've ever seen and then on the other hand it had this weird cheesy insane like stereotypically british quality to it and i kind of loved it in the end i don't know uh (laughs) very different type of mission though yeah yeah so uh, at this point i realized a couple of things at this very moment which claudia then goes on to clarify for the viewer so i realized here Meg is gone now, no matter what, because a either she just gets banished and that's how she's going to leave, or she doesn't get banished, but will be the only faithful left in the dungeon, so is the only person who can be murdered tonight. Then, on top of that, and I think this is what Claudia talks about, if Meg is banished, no one left can be murdered because the only two people left uh, are Paul and Ash. They're both traitors. Andrew was saved. He can't be murdered. It basically means if Meg is banished, everyone will arrive at breakfast tomorrow, which will kind of pinpoint exactly who two of the traitors are, unless the faithful don't understand what's happened and they come up with some alternative theory to explain it. I wonder if producers might not have foreseen this outcome and suddenly thought oh shit we shouldn't have let them put two traitors in amongst the four and maybe not maybe they don't care maybe they're quite happy they're you know they don't mind that this is the way it might turn out i just think it's so strange and so sort of undesirable that you're going to end up with this situation um what what do you so what do you think of this whole conundrum that You know, Meg's kind of screwed either way.
1: Oh, I felt bad for Meg. I really did. I because I wanted to get to know a little her a bit more. Um, but yeah, and I and yeah, the the conundrum with if she gets banished and having those two come back, that would make amazing television, and hopefully it would. Do like uh, another red breakfast like last season. Uh, uh, we just have to wait and see what happens.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, I guess it's uh, for the viewers. Like, so we've well, some of us have figured out that we're not going to see Meg beyond this episode, probably. I guess Meg herself doesn't know that, so you know, she's still living <laughs> in this sort of yeah. blissful ignorance uh but yeah you're right we we were not going to get to know her much better if you want to get to know her better you could watch uh, Dealer no deal because she was a contestant on that at some point as, as were uh, paul and kyra so like it seems like the casting team just scoured old episodes of Dealer no deal and cast people right. in the cars after the mission uh, charlotte asks ross miles and johnny why they saved andrew Ross says that, while well, they basically put it to a vote and uh, he just was the most popular choice. Harry's in the car with Anthony and Charlie and they're having a similar discussion. And then Harry says in his interview that he just didn't proceed this, he didn't think Andrew would get saved and that this has thrown their whole plan off course. We get back to the house. There's some comic relief here, I guess, because I think... At points in the traitors, it's okay to have this like the silly mission like the bird call mission or to have some like fun moments in the house to bring a bit of levity, which will amplify the tension that is impending at roundtable. We have this scene where most of the players are eating their dinner outside in the sun and they're having a nice time and having chats about what al dente pasta is versus the condemned for eating something really vile looking in the dungeon It's just like so silly and funny. Jazz is now also on the Paul train, like that. And we kind of knew this from earlier, I think, too. He says again that Paul is way too relaxed all the time. In the dungeon, meanwhile, Paul is still under the assumption that he will be the one that's saved, and then Ash is going to get banished. Miles, uh, Jasmine, and some of the others are talking. Miles also realizes this meg problem he knows oh uh there's this issue now she's the only person that can be murdered he harry and paul are are basically i i think he harry and paul are going to have to gun for ash like nobody's business like they're going to have to try and ensure that meg is still around to be murdered otherwise We end up with this problem where Meg's banished and no one can be murdered and that's not good for the traitors. So Miles is smart, he's like he's piecing this all together and figuring it out. There's an interesting chat in the kitchen. Ross is theorizing that a traitor is in the dungeon and that two other traitors, or he he only thinks there are three, he thinks the other two are up here in in the main house so they have eyes everywhere. And that by putting one in the dungeon, they're protecting that person down there. But the, 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 the reason I'm saying this is interesting is because Millie then asks this question. It's this really brief moment, but she just sort of suddenly says, but do the traitors want to protect each other? And I just it just struck me and I thought, oh, that's... Uh, sorry, not Millie, Molly. She says, I, I just thought it was a great question to ask. I thought, oh, yeah, Why assume the traitors are all working in unison? Like, they usually are, but actually it's quite smart of Molly to think we shouldn't assume that they all want to help each other out all of the time. Right after that, the condemned four make their way to the round table. And we see little clips of them talking. Ash says she realizes that she didn't do a good enough job defending herself last night. And we hear Meg saying that she's pretty sure one of them is gonna get banished. I I still don't know why everybody assumes that, but maybe I'm being really dumb and naive here. I mean, I don't know if you can shed any light on this. So basically, all of the players have kind of universally agreed that someone in the dungeon is a traitor. And they've kind of all universally agreed that therefore one of them will be banished. I don't I I just don't know why it's that obvious, but is it obvious to
1: you? Um, I was a little confused about that when I was watching. Uh, yeah, and I was also a little confused when who said there was only three traders, even though Claudia specifically said a fourth one.
0: Uh, um, Ross. The, uh, yeah, that's true. Okay. Actually, they, you're you're right. They, unless I think Ross, I think Claudia maybe didn't tell them that num i think she just told them their traitors have been chosen and they will choose another one so i th- I, th- I think they all thought claudia only tapped two people on the shoulder and that they picked a third i think they've not realized actually that are four
1: that makes sense okay yeah so i could see process point of view then all right yeah yeah uh yeah i uh, this this whole sort of
0: one of the people in the dungeon is going to be banished thing. I, I guess the players have just talked themselves into it. They've, they've just kind of universe... They've just sort of, you know, they've got this hive mind and theories spread and just become accepted. And the thing is, they are correct. They, they They've all just assumed, well, probably one of the traitors has put themselves in the dungeon. They just don't realise that actually two traitors put themselves in the dungeon. And so... They think the next logical step is to just pick someone in the dungeon to banish. I mean, uh, okay, I I just don't think it's the strongest way to decide. I think, like, there's so many other things no. you could base your vote on. Um, I don't see this as evidence. I just see this as sort of, like, speculation. But, hey, the whole game is speculation. Yes. So, uh, the Condemned are making their way to the round table, and they don't know yet that one of them will be saved. Well, two of them do. Paul does and Ash do. Andrew and Meg don't know what's about to happen. Here we go then. Time for the round table. The condemned return. They make their way in and take their seats. I notice here, and maybe this is me being like bias. Maybe this is confirmation bias. But I notice that Paul is doing exactly what Jazz says he does, which is, looking way too happy and comfortable. Claudia reveals then that one condemned will be saved, and she reveals that the person they saved is Andrew. Paul is obviously annoyed by this. Poor Meg looks absolutely gutted. And Claudia reminds him that no one is safe from banishment. So, you know, technically, Andrew could be banished at this point. So the discussions open up. Zach brings up Paul and asks him why he thinks he was chosen to be condemned. Paul says, well, me and Andrew had a chat today and we've decided that one of us will end up banished and one of us will end up murdered. Again, I I don't really know how they came to this conclusion. And Paul claims he now feels like he's going home. He's like, oh, guys, I've just accepted it. I'm probably going to get murdered tonight. Then... He I, for the listeners, Alan is rolling his eyes at this moment, <laughs> and I think I know why. Um, why why are you rolling your eyes, Alan?
1: No, well, he brings up his wife and kid. Yes, which I'm like, oh, I'm like you, dick. <laughs> what the don't? Ah, oh. yeah. He uses his family I'm like oh. For me, that's a no-no. I, I mean, yeah. If I was a trader, I would not use Mark or my cats. Like, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, that's exactly what I, I thought you were going to say. Rolled my eyes so hard, I gave myself a <laughs> headache when I first saw it.
0: Yeah, yeah. He mm-hmm. he begins to get emotional about his son and his partner. I I I thought, me. You know what? Maybe as he's scared that he's going to go home so he's upset because he's like oh god I'm... but then, but then he can't be scared that he's going home because he's so confident he's got no reason to think he's actually going to go home so he I, I he's he's acting and maybe just genuinely thinking about like missing people back home uh, um, he, he then tries to turn it around and say he says well we keep picking out confident people to go home and then they're wrong. And I sort of thought, well, you've only had two banishments. And one of them was Brian, who was a nervous wreck. So
1: I I don't think this is a great argument, Paul. If you consider Brian, yeah, confident, you're definitely reading people wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't really understand this line of thinking.
0: Paul claims that a traitor must be a quiet person but he's conveniently not going to point out any names, which this is, I, I, I rolled at that part. Andrew then <laughs> jumps in and says that he's 100% sure that Paul is a faithful. Oh, Andrew, don't, again, we talked about this earlier, Alan, like when people make these incredibly confident claims about other players when they really don't know the truth, it, it's just so frustrating to watch. Harry begins next. He says the traitors are being really clever and strategic and that for him, the traitor is Ash. And I can't believe the shade. He says that Ash condemned herself uh, in a tactical move, like, you mean by, by putting herself down in the dungeon. And Paul jumps in for the kill too. He says Ash was behaving today like she knew it was coming. Uh... At this point, I I feel like Paul's making himself way too obvious here. Like, I think at this point, I sort of thought, right, Paul, just stop talking now. Like, you've spoken for quite a bit. Now just sit back. Like, Harry's kind of doing the work. You don't need to jump in here. So I, I felt like he should have just shut up here. Ash, of course, is livid that she's being thrown under the bus again. And Paul just keeps going. He says, Ash isn't coming across as genuine Again, he says, yesterday at Roundtable, you contradicted yourself. And Ash tries to defend herself. And I think she does a better job of it today than she did yesterday. She says, well, look, I've been really emotional. um, So, of course, I'm, like, behaving strangely. And she says that she thinks she's been chosen as the fall guy by the traitors, which is true. And that actually they ought to look elsewhere. Like, she's like, I'm I'm the obvious person and that's what the traitors want. You shouldn't be looking at me. But I fear it's just not really going to work. Jasmine then turns things around and says, Andrew, Ash and Paul all look really pissed off about everything that's going on, but that Meg just looks nervous. And then Charlotte turns on Meg too and says, yeah, Meg is acting sort of shifty. And they both get quite emotional about it because it's clear that they're they're actually friends like they get on really well but charlotte is just playing the game and like having to turn on her friend because she's suspicious of her i feel so bad for meg but at the same time i feel like she's not really allaying anyone's worries about her like they're saying Meg, you look really nervous and shifty and she kind of just continues to look (laughs) nervous and shifty um it gets very tense and emotional miles then tries to break this sort of tension by asking andrew well why do you suspect ash and miles claims that he's back to ground zero he's like look i just don't know what to think now so i think he's trying to take a bit of attention away from ash and then meg does chip in and she says i'd like to add something and part of me thinks oh that's good she's going to defend herself but then part of me thinks oh no this is like this is giving brian all over again is this wise maybe she shouldn't say anything she asked jasmine why she brought up her name last night at the round table but didn't vote for her which is fair enough and jasmine says well actually it was ross who brought up you not me There's then this weird interaction between Johnny and Jasmine, which I can't quite follow. It doesn't really seem to add much to the conversation and it doesn't last very long. Then Jazz wants to pipe in. Why? I'm not totally sure. He goes back to Paul and says again this thing, you know, Paul, you always look like you've got a cheeky smirk. And Paul claims, well, that's just the way I am. And he's like, well, look, all I want to do is focus on traitor-related things, as he calls them. And Zach says, well, what do you mean by that? What is a traitor-related thing? And Paul says, well, I mean, like, starting rumors, getting involved in chats, being really quiet at the table, but not everywhere else, mission-related things, which means absolutely nothing. And Zach says, well, traitors won't be doing all of those obvious things. Traitors will be... Not acting like that. And then Paul says, I agree. And I'm like, you just totally contradicted what you just said. But no one picks up on it. Ash gets really annoyed, saying there are loads of really quiet people at the table, but everyone is picking on her, which is true. And then Evie says, like who? And Ash goes, you. (laughs) Which made me laugh. Um, I've seen a lot of people online have been saying, why didn't Ash now just turn on whenever you know, why didn't she just turn on Paul and try and get attention on him? Um I mean, what do you think about Ash picking out Evie?
1: I was very surprised. I'm like, it's like, turn on Paul. He's attacking you. Turn on Harry. He's attack, He's attacking you. but poor sweet Evie. Oh, all right. I mean, if you're gonna plant seeds, I guess that's going to work. But I say, you know, point at the ones that have been attacking you the most during the roundtable discussion,
0: or go for somebody whose name is like already been brought up and sort of try and bring momentum back to them. But, but I probably bring it unless there's stuff we didn't see in the edit. Maybe other people did talk about EV and it's been cut out. I, I doubt it. It's it's also just so easy for us to say, I'm sure, in that situation. Your mind's gone blank, you're panicking, Ash probably senses that her time is up and she just sort of throws something out there to see what happens. Uh, at this point, there's this sort of ruckus between Zach, Diane and Andrew. They're asking Zach why he's always so defensive of Ash and he says he just has a gut feeling she's not a traitor. And he says, if she's voted out tonight and she has a traitor, well, then just vote me off tomorrow. <laughs> and I thought, um, don't say that. These could be like terrible famous last words. Also reminds me of something that we saw in series one. And uh, Claudia tells them it's now time to vote. So Tracy begins. Tracy votes for Ash, followed by Andrew, Jasmine and Ross, who all vote for Ash as well. It's Ash's turn. And she continues to vote for Evie, which is unusual. Anthony votes for Ash. Meg votes for Jasmine. And from here on, it's kind of a landslide. Evie votes for Ash. Charlotte votes for Ash. Paul votes for Ash. Which, and at this point, it looks like it's, it's, yeah, it's pretty clear what's going to happen. Charlie votes for Ash. Jazz votes for Paul, which I was quite glad of because I thought, well, at least something might make him a little bit less cocky if he's got one vote and he's got something to worry about. And from here on in, apart from Zach, who votes for Meg, Diane, Harry, Johnny, Molly, and Miles all vote for Ash. Uh, Miles had the final vote there, and, you know, it, it's quite painful to see him turn on because for a moment he was trying to defend her and I think he quite liked Ash, but he clearly just saw the writing on the wall and did what he had to do. And then comes this strange end to the episode. Ash gives a nice little speech. She says that she has had a great time. It's been a real honor to, you know, spend time with all these people and play the game. And she says, I am... And then the episode ends right there. What did you think of this uh, unusual choice of cliffhanger, Alan?
1: I'm like, well, I didn't like it. I'm like, what the fuck? We're at the very end. I was expecting her to say, I'm a traitor. And I I, I was so angry, actually, when I saw it. But also my mind was like, well, maybe they're going to do something like what... Traders Canada did where um, Claudia is going to tell uh, Ash, "You cannot say if you're a traitor or a faithful, and you have to just leave without oh. letting anyone know." So that was like a theory, but maybe it's just dramatic. So you could watch the next episode the next day. Yeah, interesting theory. There has been a lot of speculation
0: about this online again, about why they chose to... Because because we know that she's a traitor. There's not... For us as a viewer, there's not really any suspense because we think, well, we we know what she's going to say. I will confess at this point, I have seen episode five because I watched it right before we began recording. Now, I'm assuming, Alan, you have not seen episode five. That's
1: correct. I haven't seen it yet.
0: That's... I I will obviously not say anything more about what happens next or why the episode ends here. Uh, So I will not do any spoilers. Uh, I instead will just ask some uh, overall uh, thoughts. What then, uh, what are you, and sometimes I sort of people ask me, like, who do you think is going to win really early on? And it's, it's way too difficult to say. Are there, any predictions you have about the series going forward? Not necessarily who's going to win, but do you have any predictions about who's going to do well or whose time is up
1: pretty soon? Anything like that? Um, I think, um, going traders-wise, I'm going to say, I think Miles is going to do very well. Um, I'm kind of thinking Harry will too. Um, I think the way Paul has been acting he will eventually get uh banished that's that's my theory about that as for the faithful um I think oh god I'm thinking I would love it if Diane and Ross actually made it to the very end that would be so amazing <laughs> I would that would make that would make war in my heart um I don't think I think johnny will get murdered because everyone loves johnny unless he gets recruited maybe down the road who knows um but yeah and i already know yeah meg is kind of in the the damned if you do damned if you don't scenario right now even though she doesn't know it yeah so those are my theories i'm I'm being I'm going to be very careful. So I I
0: will say nothing about your predictions. I can't say okay. whether I agree or because I know a little bit more than you do. So I will say nothing else. Before we go on, I'm going to sort of return to a segment that I introduced just a little while ago. I'm going to do another uncloaked Unwrapped. For Another 90 seconds, I will talk a little bit about the next episode of the Uncloaked podcast and give you my thoughts on what happened there and whether or not anything particularly interesting is going on that we need to know about. I am going to start my 90 second timer. Now, so uh, on the panel for this episode of Unquote we have three straight white guys, hooray, uh, including Joel Domet, who presented Survivor UK. So, hey, there's a bit of crossover there with the podcast. Uh, Joel lavishes praise on Paul for being super clever. Mm, No, hon. He thought he'd be saved from the dungeon, and he wasn't, and he's raised the attention of Zach and Jazz. So, actually, I don't think Paul is doing that well. I just noticed all the taxidermied birds in the background, and they're from the Bird Call mission uh brian and kyra now have the reveal which is weird because we saw kyra last week on the show already brian's reaction to ash is fantastic he's so annoyed because she got one less vote than him at banishment they're both shocked at Miles being a traitor. These reactions are so much better than Sonia and Aubrey's last week. The reveals are really good actually helping gauge how well the traitors are doing because I think if we see how the faithful are shocked about the right identity of the traitors, that is quite a good representation of what all of the faithful are thinking about the identity of the traitors. Brian says the traitors are going to win this year. I agree. I think the traitors will win this year. Brian's then in the studio. Now we have four straight white guys. Yay. Rewatch Brian's cringy speech from episode three and we all laugh and Brian has a sheep tattoo. Ash is here. This is bizarre because yes we know she's going to get banished but we didn't actually see her leave the castle in this episode. Ash reveals that even at her banishment she wanted the traitors to go on and win. That's weird. I got bored after this. The podcast ends with Ed Gamble saying stay faithful. Jesus Christ that's my closing catchphrase and he's stolen it. Is nothing sacred? Had you seen uh, this episode of Unquote
1: Alan? I have not. I I have not seen that. So yeah. And you said Ed Gamble is, is a comedian, right? Yes, he's the. Okay, well, comedian who hosts it. yeah. Well, you know, some people have tend to steal material. Maybe he happened <laughs> to listen to this podcast and stole that. You know? I know.
0: Uh, yeah, And mm-hmm. the thing is, you don't need to watch it now because I've given you like a 90-second yeah. highlight and really that's all you need. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, before we conclude our game of The Trader Traitor, Alan, is there anything that you want to tell us about? Is there anywhere we can find you online? What exciting things are happening in your life
1: that we must know about? Okay, you can find me everywhere on social media as uh Alan on his way um Alan a-l-e-n and also you can follow my doll demonic dolly her name is Sarah the dolly she was my prop that used during scare acting um Sarah with an H and then dolly d-o-l-l-i-e so all one you can do that um nothing too exciting going on at the moment but um i will be back at valley fair again for the halloween season um performing i was already asked even before halloween ended to uh come back and i will that will be my ninth season back at valley fair performing for during halloween other than that um i'm just now my partner and i are just very very boring and i like it that way
0: (laughs) so fantastic Mm -hmm. And uh, yes. listeners will be able to see actually the, the promo image for the podcast for this episode uh, is actually Alan in character, you are in full uh, costume and makeup, uh, so uh, they can they can get a taste of what you might look like at Halloween.
1: Fantastic.
0: Now we've been playing our game, the Trader Traitor. <gasps> we've been trying to betray one another secretly throughout this episode alan i have lied to you at some point during our conversation i must confess did you lie to me i must confess i did i did <laughs> okay um do, uh, yeah. what
1: do you want to any ideas what i lied about um, i have a couple yeah, um i thought what they I thought you lied about the total of how much they earned. I thought it was more, I thought it was like five, over 5,000 pounds, not 8,000 pounds. And then the other one, I thought maybe you did a second one where um, Ross's brother is an actor in Game of Thrones. I think maybe he is an actor, but not on Game of Thrones. Those are, those are my two. I was guessing, so. Okay.
0: I have to tell you that you are wrong on this occasion I feel, I feel victorious I've been doing so badly <laughs> at this I've done no. it uh, I know that everything there was true uh, The yeah the, the cash, yeah. they, they won in the challenge they collectively was 8,000 whatever it was and actually yeah. uh, Diane's other son is an actor who's been in Game of Thrones uh, I kind of thought okay. when I was saying that you might think it was a lie uh, which is partly why I put it in there, but it, it, it is true. Yeah. I will tell you then what I actually lied about was Meg. I said that Meg had been on an episode of Dealer No Deal, and that was a lie. It is oh. the truth that Paul and Kyra have been on Deal or No Deal, but not Meg.
1: So Dang I- it. I was thinking <laughs> that too. And I was like, well. Oh. Who knows maybe she was so yeah
0: all right good job good job <laughs> mm-hmm. i have two possibilities for you I'm okay. going to. Te- i'm going to tell you what my two possibilities are and then i'm going to tell you the one that i'm going for out of the two of them because sometimes
1: right.
0: on this game people reveal their lie and then i go oh i thought that and i just didn't say it so i just want to like say my thoughts i think you either lied about your sister being a vet tech, or you lied about not being able to swim. And I keep going back and forth between- maybe they're both completely true. I think the lie is that you can't swim. I think you can swim.
1: I cannot swim. I'm terrified of deep water. Yes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So that was true. It's true. true. I'm going to. No. Was the other one true? Yes. My sister is a vet tech. Um, I could actually (laughs) send you YouTube clips because she's actually been interviewed about working about the zoo and stuff. So,
0: okay. I feel. In a weird way, a little bit better that neither of my guesses was correct. Um, So it's not like I picked (laughs) the wrong one. They were both completely wrong. Uh, Well, in that case, Alan, you've totally fooled me.
1: Uh, You're going to have to tell me. What did you lie about? Okay, so the last two times I was on the podcast, I said my lie toward the very end. This time, I said it toward the very beginning. During unclothed, Ed is actually wearing a shirt that has apples on it. And I said it had poppies on it. Oh, you, uh, I I truly did not even.
0: I remember you mentioning the shirt and all I thought was, oh, yes, he did have a bright shirt. And I truly did not pick up on the detail. So you beat me at my own game. Well done. You got away with it. What a smart tactic. Alan, before we go, I will remind everybody where they can find out all about the podcast beyond the actual podcast itself. You can find me on Instagram at the Trader Podcast. It's the same on YouTube at the Trader Podcast. Or I am on X or Twitter at the Trader Pod. If you want to be like any of the wonderful people I mentioned at the very start of the episode and you feel like you want to take a little visit to the coffee page, It is ko-fi.com slash Matthew Keeley and you can put in any kind of donation that you feel like uh, as small as a few pounds or as much as an entire year's Zoom Pro subscription. It's not a subscription uh, that you're paying. You can do whatever you want. You can do a one-off and then never speak to me again. You could also email me at podcast at gmail.com and you can send me questions or thought nice thoughts, not horrible thoughts about how you don't like me. like That <laughs> That's, that's that doesn't help anyone. Don't, no. don't do that to me. Anyway, Alan, I hope you've enjoyed your time on The Trader
1: again. Oh, I had so much fun. I always love talking to Matthew, so thank you for inviting me again for... for... Um, the traders and this time UK instead of Australia
0: yes my pleasure mm-hmm. having you on the podcast yes. i we will mm-hmm. continue to talk about the show off of the podcast okay. I'm sure sending messages back and forth about the things that unfold yes. oh and you will have to let me know what you think of episode five when you see it uh and we'll, we'll see if any of your predictions are true or not sounds good Until then, take care, everybody. Thank you, Alan. Bye-bye. Bye now.
1: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?